recording in progress. Difficult day, really, for all of us, Andy, and one that I, I hope would never happen. Uh, but, you know, I just feel like change is necessary, and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But I do want to say, like, uh, you'll never hear me talk poorly about Coach Stock, kind of his accomplishments, uh, his influence on our student athletes. Uh, our ability to work together, uh, he was he was great in those areas, and uh, so so that that won't happen. Uh, I just if we got got into this, we start looking, you know, and drilling down. Uh, what I've always tried to do is 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 evaluate on conference to conference, and and I think that's the most important thing to do. Is because that's that those are your peers. That's what that's what we're paid to do, and 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 beat people inside our conference. And really, the over the first decade or, or longer than that, Coach Stock had a a really good record against conference opponents. And then the last five years, we're we're below 500. We're 16 and 22 in conference so this wasn't just this season and, and i tried to emphasize that with the players a little bit when we met with them it's just not this season that, that there's an erosion in our football program we need to be better than 15 and 22 over the last five years inside our conference and so we need to do better in a lot of areas we need to do better administratively we need to do better to provide more resources and those kind of things. So, so we're not sitting right here again in the near future. So, uh, we look forward to a new staff, uh, a new head coach. Uh, and, but that's 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 the main reason I, I think there's is, is the why. Uh, and, and that was it. And over that same time period, our overall was 26 and 32. And so. Uh, so it's really the last five years, and, and mostly it's the conference records. Uh, we do have contract obligations to coach, and, and uh, we'll, we'll honor those. Uh, I think that his representatives will probably talk to ours a little bit and see, like, uh, should it be paid out over time, or, or will it be better for both parties to, to agree on a lump settlement and those kind of things. So those kind of details will be worked out later. and. Uh, I uh, just want to emphasize to the people out there that that money for the buyout is being set aside. Uh, it was really with our conference realignment and the exit fees and the entrance fees and all the money that we collected due to realignment. We did put aside some of that for a rainy day fund. And so that'll be the fund that we're using to pay for the buyout. So there's not university dollars attached to the buyout. And so uh, I think we're in good shape there. So I'll open it up for questions. Can you talk about your, your meeting with him and how that went? Yeah, I mean, it was hard. Uh, you know, he was a champ. He did a lot better than I did, you know, and, and so uh, that, that was, he was good. He kind of, he, I think he kind of had an inkling that that might be coming. You know, and, and uh, so so he was he was prepared, but obviously I think he he still wants to coach, 
and he wanted to coach here and and, and that kind of thing. So uh, we've been together through a lot of ups and downs. So it was really it was really amicable. He was a he was a pro, one would expect. Uh, most ADs have a lot of lists stuck in their desk, desk somewhere. Uh, and as you get this process underway, what are the qualities and resume bullet points that you're going to be looking for? Yeah, and I think that we don't want to lose what we have. You know, so obviously academics are really important and, and those kind of things. So we want to bring in a coach that feels like academics are important, but I don't have a pre-stat offense, defense, head coach, assistant coach, any of those kind of things. But I do want a, a, a person that's got kind of, I, I think this department needs a little bit of over-the-top type personality. Uh, it's something that I don't possess. And I think it'd be great if our football coach possessed that so we can go. And, and, and I think one of the things is to kind of reconnect with our with our community and fan base and those kind of things. So. Uh, I see this as an opportunity to, to build all those bridges. You mentioned the record in the conference overall the last five seasons, but Coach Stock still signed the new extension before last season. Was this a decision that has been brewing, or was this a decision that she had made more recently? Yeah, the, the, the extension was, was was contract protected. It was in a, it was in a contract, so uh, so. We won like uh, we won eight games last year for the automatic extension. So um, you always kind of try to evaluate the football program, and, and I think what's happened here, and some of it's over time, that his windows of opportunity and chances got smaller as we went on. And, and and in some ways, you look at it, maybe we're competing against his own standards. You know, and eight wins wasn't good enough, or seven wins wasn't good enough, and, and so and we need to be better. We need to be at ten and twelve and those kind of things. But I, I think it got more difficult. Like uh, through the course of this year, we talked, and it shouldn't be this hard. And so I don't think it's been brewing for a while. You know, you always prepare for success, and, and you, you always keep all these contingencies in the back of your mind. But we went into this season really thinking we could win the championship. And, and I, I think that was the mindset of the coaches. That was the mindset of me. I, I We felt good about it, and it just didn't work out that way. Okay, we've got a few questions on Zoom. Uh, we'll get started with Cecil. Hey, Chris. Hey, Cecil. Uh, I have to ask this question because I was told earlier today that this happened. It may sound outlandish, but I heard it was a, a complete cleaning house. Uh, all coaching staff, training, weight room, you know, equipment staff. It was everyone, not just Coach Stockstill. Can you uh, confirm or deny any of that? No, I, I mean, the, 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 we have several people that are still under contract, some of our assistant coaches and those kind of things. I, I met with all those people that tell them. Uh, about what happened with, with Coach Stock. But uh, typically, Cecil, in these kind of situations, the, uh, the, the new coach will decide kind of who the support staff is and, and those kind of things. So we have some really good people inside our football program. And I think there's elements of continuity that we want to keep. And so, uh, so I've encouraged the coaches that it's an emotional day for them and to... 
what we need to do is put our, our collective efforts together to make sure that the players finish the semester strong academically. Uh, my message to the players was is that to prepare yourself for change. You know, there will be change and, and they have a right and, and to be able to get into the transfer portal. And so that would represent change on their behalf. If they stay here, there'll be a new coaching staff, a new way of doing things. And so they need to be as well prepared for change as possible. So that means going to class, completing the semester strong, so there's not negatives going forward as they approach this change. But yeah, so no, that all those people are still here. All right, uh, also on Zoom, Corey Curtis. Hey, Chris, um, you know, and we, we all know how difficult winning sustained at this level can be. Why do you feel um, you're positioned and, and what do you like about your program's position? That Welcome in to a Monday Mirror edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. That was a little loud. And, uh, well, what a Monday it is. We start there with Chris Massaro from Middle Tennessee State in a press conference where earlier today he announced that – I'm sorry? That wasn't you? Okay. Uh, <laughs> earlier today he announced the firing of – Coach Rick Stockstall, and yeah, that's not the only coach coaching vacancy that we'll talk about today. We've got a lot of them. We've got a lot of great stuff coming on the show today. We have Terry McCormick, of course, with his Titans report a little bit later, and we've got just a ton more to talk about. But first and foremost, Mo, what's up? It's been quite the Monday already i mean um i guess we're going to kind of revisit what we just heard here at some point and um, in just a minute but um like you said that's that's not the only shoe to have fallen since the clock hit zero on a bunch of football games over the weekend yeah and it's tough man it's tough that you know to 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 have to talk about the coaching carousel, of course, you know, results-driven business, and we we all know that, but that doesn't mean that people aren't losing their livelihoods. Uh, and so we always try to be as cognizant of that as we as we possibly can here on the show. So uh, plenty to talk about. We'll get to it here in just a moment. Before we do any of that, though, well, we need to, of course, go through the weekend's scores and today's schedule on the rundown this is the rundown the monday rundown is brought to you by zion christian academy zca offers a faith-based christ-centered education in murray county give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today 
Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. High school football action on Friday. Alcoa punches its ninth straight ticket to the Blue Cross Bowl. I'm pretty sure it's nine, but I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a lot. It's a bunch. 38-7, uh, to seven, the win over Giles County. Oakland with a fourth consecutive trip to Chattanooga. Well, to the Blue Cross Bowl, not to Chattanooga. Uh, Three in a row to chat for the Blue Cross Bowl as they down Bradley Central a 38-17. Houston blanked previously unbeaten Brentwood 28-0. It was East Nashville 33. Dyersburg 19 for their third straight trip. Page in their third straight trip down Southwind 10-7. What a battle there. Pearl Cone headed back to Chattanooga as well with a 48-20 win over Haywood. And East Robertson holds off a flurry in the fourth quarter. From the Dragons of York Institute, 35-31, the final, their first trip to the state finals for East Robertson in school history. Girls basketball on Friday, it was Bradley Central 58, Stewart's Creek 23, Columbia Central 38-31 winners over Sycamore. Columbia Academy fell to Eagleville 64-43. Kalioka down the White's Creek 31-27 and Lebanon was a 56-48 winner over Westmoreland. It was 4-45, Maplewood 23, Smith County 59-23 runners over Laverne. Brentwood 64 Web School 44 and Upperman 53, Wilson Central 29. MTSU coaches Rick and Matt Insel on hand for that Brentwood Web game, by the way. What a game it was. Yeah. On Saturday, girls action. Lebanon defeated Brentwood 54-39. It was Columbia Central with a 40-28 win over Hillsborough. Forest edged Columbia Academy 41-40. Kalioka with a 67-29 win over Maplewood. Sycamore defeated Eagleville 50-46. It was Oakland 53, Ezel Harding 34. Jellicoe with a 58-43 win over Laverne. Lipscomb Academy down Westmoreland 46-42. McMinn Central 79, Stewart's Creek 27. Webb School with a 51-45 win over Nolansville. Marshall County defeated White's Creek 40-6. And Wilson Central with a 67-64 win over Red Boiling Springs. In boys' basketball action on Friday, Laverne defeated Forest City of Arkansas 67-62. Uh, Lebanon 79, Clarksville Northeast 44. Oakland 72, Stewart's Creek 54. Hope Prep 97, Wilson Central 54. Providence Christian with a 78-46 win over Livingston Academy. It was Cannon County 60, Rockvale 46. Brentwood Academy with a 56-43 win over Siegel. And Brentwood defeated Upperman 56-42. On Saturday, Laverne fell to Jonesboro, Arkansas 52-46. It was Lipscomb Academy 72-47, winners over Lebanon. Providence Christian 68, Cannon County 42. Siegel down Livingston Academy 67-55. It was Brentwood Academy 87-62 over Stewart's Creek. Columbia Academy with a 75-58 win over Trinity Christian. And Upperman, Upperman edges Wilson Central 55-53. College football action on Saturday was Sam Houston 23, Middle Tennessee State 20. Tennessee doubles up Vanderbilt 48-24. New Mexico State kicks a field goal at the buzzer to beat Jacksonville State 20-17. And in FCS playoff action, Chattanooga also kicks a field goal at the buzzer to beat Austin P 24-21. Men's basketball action over the weekend. North Carolina State, an 84-78 win over Vanderbilt. 
Mercer edged Tennessee State 60-59. to It was Lipscomb 86, North Carolina Asheville 75, Monmouth down Belmont 93-84. It was Illinois-Chicago 70-40 to winners over MTSU. Tennessee State then down to Southeast Louisiana 91-77. Ohio with an 80-68 win over MTSU as well. Belmont in overtime gets past Penn 84-79. It was Bowling Green 82, Lipscomb 61. MTSU bounced back on Sunday with a win over Missouri-Kansas City, 63-59. Belmont did the same with a win over Lafayette, 79-69. Appalachian State, 78-58 winners over Austin P. Lipscomb, downs Wofford, 85-78. Fisk with a pair of wins over the weekend, downing Bethel, 90-83, and Life, 77-70. Cumberland splits with Arizona Christian, number four in the country, 103 to 60 the loss there for the phoenix but they bounce back rise from the ashes if you will 72 70 win over columbia international the closing weekend also vanderbilt lost to arizona state 82 67 out in vegas after that nc state game and that wasn't the worst thing that happened for the commodores this weekend Women's basketball action. Indiana with a 71-57 win over Tennessee. William and Mary defeated Tennessee State 63-53. Austin P with a 78-63 win over Missouri, Kansas City. Vanderbilt women down Iowa State 68-53. Belmont with a 83-61 win over Northwestern. Austin P defeated Chicago State 60-49. Vanderbilt also defeated Northern Illinois 68-64. It was Tennessee bouncing back from that loss to Indiana to defeat Oklahoma 76-73. Tennessee State women with a 53-43 win over Bryant, and MTSU goes on the road and picks up an 81-74 win at Southern Illinois Edwardsville on the ice. Tell you who's not cold. The Predators. Hot as they get. Defeated the Blues of St. Louis 8-3. Defeated the... What is Winnipeg? J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. 3-2 over Winnipeg. The Predators have now won five straight. Count five. Count them. One, two, three, four, fifth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> predators. Conversely. 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 <laughs> In the association, it was Phoenix 110, Memphis 89, Minnesota 119, Memphis 97. And in the National Football League, Titans 17, Carolina 10, and apparently when you lose to the Titans, bad things happen. Apparently. We'll get to that later. Um, high school basketball tonight, 6 o'clock tips, doubleheaders, Santa Fe is at Cascade, Murfreesboro Central goes to Community, Creekwood hosts McKenzie, Summit is at Fairview, Grace Christian hosting Spring Hill, Joe Burns goes to Greenbrier, Mount Pleasant is at Hampshire, and I think that game is actually going on right now. I think that's an in-school game. Except at one. Good for them. Yeah. Um, Rossview is at Hendersonville at 6. Huntland hosts Cullioka at 6. Trousdale County goes to Merrill Hyde, and Gordon's Woods at Watertown. Girls only. Smith County is at Lipscomb Academy. That's a 6 o'clock tip. Boys only. At 6 o'clock, and this is interesting. I was going to say, there's a there's a game that's not on this list mm-hmm. that we need to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Westmoreland boys play at Hunter's Lane at 6 o'clock. It's a boys-only game, and it features 
So the coaches may not necessarily want it phrased that way, but it features the only two women coaching boys basketball teams in the state of Tennessee at the high school level. Cherie Abner for Westmoreland, Katrina Carter for Hunter's Lane. So I don't know if that's happened before, but it's, but it's happening tonight. It's happening tonight, and you should go see it if you have a chance. Yeah. Also, Lipscomb Academy is at Columbia. That's, again... Check your local listings, and we should be your local listings, and that's Smith, news to me. Smith County is at Lipscomb Academy. Girls, my my guess is Smith County boys probably weren't scheduled because they thought they might be practicing for football. Maybe. <laughs> and so uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Lipscomb Academy, according to this, is at Columbia Central at 730 tonight. We will get back with you on that. Also, Lighthouse Christian is at Ezel Harding in a boys-only game at 7 o'clock. And then women's collegiate basketball action, 6 o'clock tip. Fisk is at Lindsey Wilson. And that is your rundown. Our top story is brought to you by Piggly Wiggly Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go by and see them if you need your lunch specials. They've got meat, vegetables, cobblers, and you can make your... You know, do with it what you will, however you want to make your plate. It's it's up to you. But all of that is available as well as fresh hand-cut meats daily and more at Piggly Wiggly Neely's Mill Shopping Center. Our top stories, of course, Rick Stockstill, uh, no longer coaching at Middle Tennessee State after 18 seasons. 18 seasons, 113 and 111. 113 and 111? 4-8 and eight this year. And... Man, that's tough. And how many one-score losses did Chip say? A bunch. I mean, uh, you're talking about a top 15 team in the country you lost to by a score. But you also lost to two teams who were transitioning from FB, FCS to FBS. Yeah. So it's like, what, what, huh? And, you know, I thought Chris Massaro, as we had him at the top of the show, made an interesting point. This wasn't just about this year. And it couldn't be, but I think that this year probably had to kind of be the straw that, that well, broke the back because you can't go four and eight in this iteration of Conference USA. Not coming off an eight-win season in the previous iteration of Conference USA. Right. And so, you know, I understand losing some assistant coaches off of a very five one score losses. Sheesh. I mean, you know, you're a hand. You're, that, that's that's nine wins. If they just go the other way, twenty three nineteen at and Missouri. a win and a win over Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and I think sometimes that's what gets lost. Um, you know, middle beat Miami at Miami last mm -hmm. year and got a lot of mileage out of that win from a notoriety standpoint, but they turned around and lost their next two games in conference. And when it comes right down to it, speaking of an MTSU alumnus, I would rather beat the teams we're supposed to beat. I would rather play for and win conference championships. Nobody expects us to go to Miami and win. Nobody expects us to go to Alabama and Missouri and win. It's nice to go there. It's nice to compete. Get the check. 
well, beyond the finances of it, it's nice to go there and compete, but I think most people would rather play for championships in the league that we're in than jump up and beat a, five, a power five team every now and then and go six and six. Absolutely. So, which I mean, last year they went eight and four with that with that win, and which, as you heard, triggered an automatic extension. And you know, if all of those one score losses except Missouri go his way, it's an automatic extension. <laughs> you know, and so and I guess what were four of those conference losses. Uh, no, three of them were three because they lost 31 23 to Colorado State for homecoming. That's right. Okay. Um, lost 35 42, um, 42 35, excuse me, <laughs> at Liberty, 13 7 at New Mexico State, and 23 20 at Sam Houston. So three of them were on the road, but they would have been six and two and in the conference championship game because. One of those one-score losses was to New Mexico State, which would have given them the tiebreaker over New Mexico State, and they would be playing Liberty for a conference championship on Saturday if those three one-score losses go the other way. Mm -hmm. Liberty, who you lost to, 42-35. Another one-score loss. Yeah, so you feel like you've got a shot second time around. Sure. And... I mean, to, to me, you know, in this, again, in this iteration of Conference USA, you've got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I thought what I, what I found most interesting from that press conference was Masaro's saying that, you know, we need somebody who's kind of an over-the-top personality, a guy who's going to energize the campus to get folks on, you know, inside Floyd Stadium. And, you know, him saying, look, that's not me. It's not it's not who I am, clearly. I mean, if you watch the press conference, you can see the guy. And, Chris and is ever, a super guy, but he's, he's not, not that, guy. that guy. And that's fine. And that's okay. If you can find that guy. That being said, who, who is, is that, that guy? guy? <laughs> that's a good question. And I, I, I will be very curious to see what direction Chris Massaro takes with this coaching search. Absolutely. And I think he knows that it's probably the most important coaching search that he's going to have in his tenure. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is. You given, don't think so? Given, given that you've got a Hall of Famer coaching your women's basketball program right now. I didn't say, I said this is the most important search. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, not higher. It's the most important search. My my point is that he did a great job hiring Rick, you know, Rick Ensel. Mm -hmm. But football's the bell cow. You just spent however many million dollars on a football facility. Mm -hmm. You can call it whatever you want. It's for football. <laughs> The fact is, Middle Tennessee State has to has to make the right hire here because if not, funding that football facility is going to be real tough, no matter how good your women's basketball team is. Mm -hmm. 
And if he doesn't get this one right, he'll be the next one. <laughs> They'll be having a press conference announcing his termination. Yeah, that's, and I, I, I get all of that. Um, I'll be interested to see whether they go with somebody who's got some sort of ties to, if not the football program, certainly the area, or if they go clean slate entirely and bring somebody in that no one has any real familiarity with other than just the name. Um, because, I mean, I've kind of been kicking some names around in my head. I've been listening to some folks. <clears throat> Bob Stoops is available. I just feel like one of the sub-issues, I guess, if, if you go back to your high school English paper outlines, I think one of the sub-issues here is the lack of local presence in the program from a talent standpoint when the high school football talent in Middle Tennessee is at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. I went through their roster here a little bit ago, and I counted 15 guys on it from Middle Tennessee. They list in their preseason media guide, 19 guys from Tennessee, and obviously it's a big state. Yeah. But, but <laughs> there are two for, other grand divisions to talk about. There really are. But from Middle Tennessee specifically, and, and not all of these are scholarship guys, but they've got 15. Um, Is it 15? Mm -hmm. Including yeah. one who may or may not be on the team? Well, wasn't on the roster. So Is on the team? I don't know. No. I wasn't on the roster. Oh, that's right. He wasn't. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, 15 guys with Middle Tennessee ties on an 84-player roster. So that's less than 20%. Now, I don't know what the number should be necessarily. I really don't. But I think, I think it all kind of ties together because if you've got local kids on the roster, local kids playing, then you're probably going to have a little bit more interest in the program, more butts in the seats, that kind of thing. And oh, by the way, they're pretty good at it. Georgia, 22. Understandable. Really, though? Georgia's the best high school. Well, maybe Florida. But in the southeast, Florida and Georgia are probably 1A, 1B. 22 from Georgia, 14 from Florida. You would think that you could be successful with well, that. I think, I think though, what, what gets me is when you look at comparable programs, Memphis, Charlotte, other mid-majors, if you would, that are coming into Middle Tennessee and recruiting kids that are going and having successful playing careers at those schools. You can take losing guys to Tennessee, Vanderbilt, et cetera. You should not accept losing guys to Memphis, UAB, 
I, I'm going to just tell you something. Other AACCUSA uh -huh. schools. I was at the TSU, MTSU game about three years ago when Chris mm -hmm. Rowland went 97 yards up Middle Tennessee State sideline. No reason he shouldn't have been in middle. Yeah, absolutely. And there are a number of stories like that. I mean, I've, I've got a good friend whose son was like a three-year starter at Navy, I think, who played at middle. That's where I met him and never got a car. You know, different things like that. Sure. And again, when they're going and playing at comparable programs and being successful and, and they, you know, not, you're not going to get everybody you recruit. I get that. But to not recruit them is a concern. Absolutely. So not the only coach on the coaching carousel. We'll certainly be talking more about this. Uh, coaching search as it continues and of course probably tomorrow with chip walters so i would, I would dare say so more on that but we will take a break when we come back coaching carousel continues so stick around main street sports stay presented by mid tennessee bone and joint it's back after this Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. 
You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, live from the Lee Company studio, Chris Yao. Maurice Patton, a lot of names on the coaching carousel mode. Let's stay in the state real quick because it is now official. Trey Lamb is taking over at ETSU following George Quarles' dismissal. That was quick. That's impressive that they were able to get it done that quickly. And a guy who was coaching on Saturday in the, in the FCS playoffs. Where, is, where was he? Gardner Webb. So he comes from Gardner Webb to ETSU. Now he's Bobby Lamb's son. He is. Who was at Mercer, among other places? Right. Yeah, which is ironic because Mercer's who beat them on Saturday. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's not still at Mercer, is he? I don't know. No, no. no. Um, but Trey wasn't the head coach at Gardner Webb, was he? Yeah. Oh, was he? Oh, wow. Okay. So good for them. So he he will he will come. Uh, to ETSU obviously was a consideration at Tennessee Tech was a name that had been thrown around. Obviously. Yeah, I believe he had been on. Well, he coached and was OC at, at excuse me at Tech. He so, he yeah. was, and but as I tweeted, they just fired an alumnus, so I'm not sure how high on the list they are for alumni at this point. <laughs> and so Lamb uh, was also considered at West Georgia over in Carrollton. So, D two, right? Uh, yeah, they they were Gulf South. I think they're making the move up to FCS, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure what conference they're going to. But them and West Florida and a bunch of those Gulf South teams that are moving that allowed Trebek mm -hmm. to get in. You're right. Uh, but yeah, so Tennessee Tech and West Georgia had you know had him on their list, but quickly ETSU snatches him up. So. Big get for them. Congratulations to both the Bucks and to Trey Lamb. Feel like that's a good fit. Yeah. And before we get into major college football, you said it earlier. The Tennessee Titans defeated the Panthers yesterday and set in motion some other things, including Frank Reich being fired today. Not just Frank Reich. But also quarterbacks coach Josh McCown and running backs coach Deuce Staley. Now, part of the um, what's the word? Part of the narrative for Frank Reich's de uh, departure or dismissal is that. Bryce Young wasn't progressing the way they wanted him to as a rookie quarterback. Now, if did that's he? the case, what did Deuce Staley have to do with it? <laughs> uh, well, Deuce but, out here catching strays. Well, perhaps they felt like if the run game were better, then Bryce would be progressing better. more quickly. I don't know. 
he would have less pressure on him. I, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's as good as anything. Did you see Bryce Young and Will Levis after the game on Sunday? I saw him hugging, and it looked like they were talking a little bit. Will Levis is a foot taller than Bryce Young. A foot. <laughs> 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 I'm so confused. This is this. Sorry, Bama fans. Bryce Young was the worst rookie quarterback chosen in the draft. And it's not because he's not talented. He's five foot nine. The reason that so they Drew Brees. The reason they got rid of the guard who had not given up a sack all year that the because he was too because tall. Because he was too tall. What was he, six seven, six eight, something like that? Massive. I mean, the guy that's with they the Titans yeah, now. They couldn't see. He couldn't see over him. And so, like, that's a problem when you've got to put Cade Mays in there and not, you know, Cade was a great player at Tennessee, not going to block Jeffrey Simmons very much. As evidenced on Sunday, <laughs> poor guy got whipped all day. But got to play him because he's six three. That's a problem, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with Frank. Ryan. That's not Frank's problem. Now look, I'm not I, I'm not here advocating that Frank Wright shouldn't have lost his job, whatever. But I mean, crap! You gave the guy 11 games after having the number one pick in the draft last year. It's not like this team was ready for success. Defensively, they're great, by the way. Well, I mean, you 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 brought him in for a reason. You had a coaching vacancy for a reason. Which now maybe you shouldn't have had a coaching vacancy. Maybe you should have kept Steve Wilkes and let him go. But instead, they don't, and here's now they're $25 million in coaching uh, buyouts. Gracious. Plus whatever they got to pay the next guy. Matt Rule's still getting paid. Calvin Throckmorton is 6'5". Yeah. Okay. Well, that's still too tall, apparently. Mm. Five foot nine, much smaller than six foot five. Much smaller than the six three, also, but still two more inches you got. And I guess from seven yards deep in the backfield, six three makes a difference. I, guess, I don't know, man. That's tough. It's it really it look. It, and I mean, again, you 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 feel sort of bad for Frank Wright. Eleven games, and dude, is that all you're gonna give me? Eleven games? I ain't even got settled into my house yet, but. It, it kind of feels like a bit of karma for the Panthers again because they had an interim guy that won six games last year. Yeah, and that's not Frank's fault. Like, that's why I feel a little bad for Frank because it's not Frank's fault that they hired him. But, no. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you know, you once there was a vacancy, yeah, it, what is he supposed to do? Not turn it down? No, y'all, got, y'all need to go back and hire Steve Wilkes, you know. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's not the way it works, I don't guess. But still, it's it's just a bad situation. It, over there, it is. They're in so, they're mm-hmm. screwed, and they don't have. They are a bad team in a bad division. In a worse NFC situation, South is awful. 
in a worse situation. They don't have a number one pick. They traded it to the Bears for Bryce Young. So they got to figure it out on the fly. They're screwed is what they are. With a new coach and a new quarterback's coach. How do you change head coaches and quarterbacks coach, but keep the same offensive coordinator? It's a great question. Who's the coach? I've not seen a name. Um, Chris Tabor. Okay. I'm not familiar with him. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the name at all. Um, Arrived under Matt Rule. What? What? Are you serious right now? This is special teams coordinator. This, this is, this is, this is silly. This is silly. You know, things like that make make you make you wonder just how serious. The Carolina they are Panthers. unserious. This is an unserious franchise at this point. And you know why he's got the job, right? Because there's no way the special teams coordinator is going to be the head coach going forward. Yeah, they don't have to worry about another Steve Wilkes. Right. You know, you just you give it to that guy. Yeah. Who's been here for since, geez, oh my gosh. Oh. I don't know who the offensive coordinator is for this franchise. I think it was Frank Reich. Maybe it was. So who's calling the offense? I couldn't tell you. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Who Who is going to be the offensive coordinator, the, 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 the person calling the offense? For Bryce Young. Thomas Brown is the offensive coordinator now. Was he? He might have always been the offensive coordinator. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yes. He was the uh, tight ends coach for the Rams in 22. Coached running backs in 20 and 21. But there you go. <sighs> okay, so so they don't have a running backs coach anymore. Reich had been calling plays, ceded play calling duties to Brown for three games, then took him back. <laughs> and as CBS Sports says so pointedly, Frank Reich fired by Panthers, but Carolina's owner David Tepper remains the biggest, the bigger issue. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any question there. Yeah. This is nuts. Wow. <clears throat> On Monday morning, the Panthers fired Frank Wright just 11 games into his tenure, but the Panthers really didn't have a Frank Wright problem. They probably don't have a Bryce Young problem. They definitely have a David Tepper problem. That's this 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Goodness. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, well. Oh, man, this is great. Oh, let's continue, mm-hmm. shall we? Let's go into major college football because the Mark Stoops era at Texas A&M was over faster than the Kentucky Derby. 
I mean, the fastest two minutes in sports right there. <laughs> like, I mean, Mike Price was in Alabama long. Well, I mean, I went to bed Saturday night. And, and he was the coach of the show at Texas A&M. I woke up Sunday morning, and he was not. And, I'm like, and he had not taken a trip to Pensacola. I'm like, dude, right. I mean, <laughs> dude, what did you do overnight to not be the coach? Well, turned out he didn't do anything. Well, he did. He opened his mouth, apparently. Because he had been telling people, allegedly, per reports on, you know, the Internet. Well, apparently he wasn't the only person telling uh, somebody. People. Yeah, they were. He wasn't the only one. Sure, but so I mean, I'm not sure that it was him telling people that caused him to not have the job. But it's wild. Once the internet got a hold of it, it was over. And the A&M folks pulled a on the anniversary of Shiano Sunday. Yeah, 2017 on the anniversary. Overnight, pulled a. UT. They did not paint any rocks or anything, but well, only because they didn't have only one. Only because they didn't have. That's right. So, Mark Stoops, not the coach. It ends up being Mike Elko, and Elko, former defensive coordinator at Texas A&M, when they went five and seven. Is Duke done? Is regular? Yeah, I guess regular season's over for everybody. Regular season's over. Yeah, they'll have a bowl. Yeah, they'll have a bowl. Yeah. Hmm. But <laughs> this is an interesting situation that, you know, one, I'm surprised Elko took the job after he's the, – the, the narrative, the story out there mm-hmm. is that Elko didn't interview very well. And so they, they went with Stoops. When Stoops had not been approved by the board and – they saw the outrage from the general public. They said no to Stoops, and so they went with Elko. So if you're Elko and you know you're the second choice, I mean, do you just get out of Duke while you can? I don't remember if we talked about this or if I meant to talk about it, but there are certain situations where, you know, when you have some success at a place where success isn't necessarily sustainable, you better go. Second choice or whatever. Because. But to go to Texas A&M right now, in this SEC? And in the next SEC? Well, and here's the. the but, but I mean, again, it's Texas A&M. Clearly, they are not averse to paying people money. There's that. But I don't know if you saw my tweet about Mike Elko and his comments before he became Texas A&M's coach. I did not. Guy who trashes NIL goes to place with largest NIL. Well, I mean, if you're a Duke, you're going to trash the NIL. How much NIL money do you think they got in Durham? Oh, it, 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 all they got is going to hoops. Anything they got ain't going to football. So there you go. No, I understand that, but like, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> You're trash NIL, then you go go to the place with the highest NIL budget on earth. What? Come on, man. Oh, you, you, um, now you're concerned with oh, optics. Man, man. Now well, you're concerned with what things look like. Okay. But, but yeah, so, I mean, look, he's got a roster. 
he's going to have the most talented roster on that side of the Mississippi. Yeah. And so there's, there's no question there. <laughs> Speaking of that side of the Mississippi, Texas A&M wasn't the only school in the Lone Star State making moves. No. Uh, Houston and... Houston pulled the plug. Texas El Paso pulled the plug. Yeah. Dana Dimel, gone. How long? He had not been there very long, had he? Not, I think like three or four years. That's what I was thinking. So, yeah, I mean, look, there are a lot of jobs open. Which one is most surprising to you? Honestly, a little surprising to you. She was open. That that is a good, yeah. I would I would agree with that. Just because I uh, I just don't know that I expected it to go this way at this point. To be honest, I need to. Um, I retweeted the vacancies at some point, but I don't remember. Yeah, I saw. Well, they they have all changed so much. You just have to go to McMurphy's page mm-hmm. and, and and hope that you can find the most updated list. Um, I would say here's the uh, yeah here's the updated list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the most surprising is Houston to me. I thought they would give him a couple of years to recruit. At no, the they've been talking. Level. They've been talking for about three weeks about him being done. Well, and I year. understand that, but I mean, you don't hire that guy to get you there and then not give him a chance to take you there. You know what I mean? Mm, I know what you mean. Uh, so I thought they, I thought they would, I thought they'd give him a little more time. Mm-hmm. Um, best hire so far, got to be Jeff Levy in state, right? Is it though? Because I think, I, I think it's a home run. Well, here's my thing: Is he going to try to bring our brows with him? I don't know. And if so, is Mississippi State going to allow it? I mean, it is his father. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how that works otherwise. Well, I mean, surely it had to come up, right? Yeah, yeah. he's not. Gonna I mean, they have to have, for damn sure. They have to have an. They have to know one way or the other. Either he is coming or he's not coming. No, I mean he's gonna. I mean, obviously he's. Yeah, he's family, but I mean you can't have him on the field. Like you did at Baylor. You're going to have to have those conversations. But either way, Boise, Duke, Houston, Indiana. Indiana, Tom Allen. That was who it was that I was having that that thought process about. Because he had a stellar, like, 1920. It was the 20-year. It was 2020 during during COVID. Yeah. You got to go, man, because that's not sustainable at Indiana in the Big Ten. But you think you reinvented the wheel, and all of a sudden you're out on your, out on your butt, <laughs> and getting paid not to coach. Yeah. Hey, which twenty million? The third highest buyout 
in college football coaching history, I think. Behind um, Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> well, Jimbo and, and then and, um, Malzahn, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Malzahn. Sure was. Um, Middle New Mexico, Oregon State, because that guy went to Michigan State. Is that the best? Is that the best hire? May very well be. And just for the fact that there haven't been a whole lot. Yeah, I was trying to find the. CBS did a a grade, and I was trying to find that. But mm -hmm. any anyway, we are we are in bad shape, uh, break wise. <laughs> but you know, it's been a weird day. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Well, should we take one now and then come back with Terry's top of the hour Titans update? Yeah, let's do that. Let's take our break. Come back. Who knows what we'll talk about on the other side. Monstar still to come. Mm -hmm. uh, some baseball conversations. All kinds of great stuff. So stick around. We'll go with uh, Terry McCormick right after this on Main Street Sports. Mm -hmm. I'm with Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome to the 2023 Magical Holiday Home Tour, coming for one day only. Immerse yourself in the spirit of the season as you explore stunning displays, twinkling lights, and charming decorations. The general admission tour of area luxury homes including historic Rosemont and a special tinsel tour of the original Fairview Plantation Mansion. Come and experience the warmth of the holidays by touring spectacular luxury homes. It's an event you won't want to miss. 
Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Time now for your daily Titans report from Terry McCormick, and we're doing it after yet another win here in Nashville. How are you guys? Back the season is full of them. Yes, yes. It is your daily Titans report. It's brought to you by Zen Sports, as always. Zen Sports, your daily Titans report. Guys, a win. Like you said, into the three-game losing streak, Titans are 4-0 at Nissan Stadium this year. So another chance to do that again this week as the Indianapolis Colts come to town for a rematch. So uh, some good news out of the Titans camp. I thought that uh, Jalen Duncan performed pretty well in his first test as the offensive tackle. Now, granted, it's a pretty low bar with the Carolina Panthers, but you got to start somewhere. And Honestly, he probably has been the best of the four different guys that have played there at left tackle thus far this year. Now, has he been the best because he was the best, or has he been the best because he was going against Jacksonville? Oh, you mean against Carolina? Not Carolina, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little of both. Maybe a little of both, but but no. I mean, all he can play is who he's playing against. Well, and, and we've seen we've seen the other guys struggle against everybody. There's some truth to that as well. You know, I think I think what you get with Jalen Duncan is a guy who's still pretty raw. He's a guy, he's a sixth-round pick for a reason. But one of the things that the Titans really liked about him is that he has the athleticism. It's just a matter of teaching him to play at this level and getting him to finish. He was a guy that they said didn't always finish his blocks when he was at Maryland. And sometimes that can get you in trouble because, as you guys know, most pass rushers are pretty relentless and play until the echo of the whistle. Well, speaking of six around offensive line picks, so is Trey Smith. So <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not yeah, saying that Jalen Duncan's going to be as good as Trey Smith. I'm just saying that they were both six round picks. Let's, let's, Let's not just throw all the six round picks out with the bathwater is all I'm saying. So Jalen Duncan – you know, if if he is, if he continues at this level, we didn't hear his name much on Sunday, which is usually a good thing for offensive line. Right. True. He had the one false start penalty was really the only negative. There was one time where he picked up the edge rusher and then a cornerback that was on a blitz kind of blew by him there. He didn't pick that one up. But then the next time the Panthers tried it, you saw him move away from the edge rusher and pick up the blitzing cornerback that came and he did a nice job of holding him off. So some, some positives there uh, for the Titans and for Jalen Duncan in his first start. Uh, elsewhere, I thought that first half, the offense looked like played pretty well, pretty solid, a 91 yard touchdown drive. Levis threw the ball around, uh, mixed in a bunch of different receivers. Uh, I think on the touchdown drive, he, he was seven for seven and hit five different receivers on that uh, series. So certainly good there. I thought the second half, he could have been better, missed a couple of throws. And then also, I thought the Titans let the, let the air out of the ball a lot in the second half. They were playing with a 14-point lead, and I think that going against who they were going against, Mike Brable probably felt like his team could hang on and handle it without putting the ball in harm's way very much in the second half. No, I think I think that's a great characterization. Look, I I, I think I think to this point, Will Levis has played very well. Stats, notwithstanding, six touchdowns. I know four of them were in one game. I, I that I'm not worried about at all. I'm not worried about how many touchdowns he throws. If he throws some to DeAndre Hopkins, I'd be grateful. But other than that, like it's not that big of a deal. 
<laughs> Hopkins is on your yeah he is okay. he's, he's yeah. on the fantasy team okay. that have aptly named over the Tannehill fantasy team <laughs> but yeah I mean I, that's that is that is the least of my worries with with Will Levis I just want him to not make mistakes mentally and if that's the case if he can do that I, I'm in <laughs> yeah I mean I, I think when you look at I think there's been like nine or ten rookie quarterbacks that have played this year. I mean, other than C.J. Stroud, who's leading the pack by a wide margin with the way he's playing, uh, I think Levis has probably been the second best of all the rookie quarterbacks that have been out there. I can't think of another one that, uh, you know, has been better than him other than Stroud, obviously. I think, uh, obviously, we, what we saw out of Bryce Young today, if I'm the Titans, I wouldn't, I wouldn't swap Levis for Young if that opportunity presented itself. Would you, the way things look right now? Not unless I got some short linemen. <laughs> wow. Got to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Terry, talk about the chemistry that has developed between Levis and Hopkins. Yeah, I think uh, Hopkins is a guy, he said yesterday after the game, you know, there was one play where – he was running absolutely wide open free down the middle of the field. But Levis, for whatever reason, the read took him to the right. It was the play where he threw wide of Kyle Phillips and Phillips dove for it and couldn't get it. You probably remembered it in the second half. But uh, Hopkins was running wide open and you know didn't see him. But I think Hopkins made a good point when we talked to him in the locker room yesterday. He said that uh, you know he holds – quarterbacks to a high standard and said that that's a conversation that he'll have with Levis and kind of, you know, help guide him, you know, because there, there are a lot of kids, there are a lot of guys in this kid's ears right now, you know, whether it's <laughs> the head coach, Mike Brable, whether it's the offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly, the quarterbacks coach, Charles London, and then some of the veterans are taking it upon themselves like DeAndre Hopkins to try and coach this guy through and point out things that, that they see and point out things that they you know, know that uh, he needs to know that sort of thing. So that's a good thing. I think that that chemistry is there. You got a strong arm quarterback. You got a veteran receiver who, you know, really knows his way around uh, the league and knows how to set up defensive backs to win. And so I think the chemistry that that they showed in that first game has carried over. You know, maybe not shown as much because you know they haven't thrown as many touchdown passes to Hopkins of late. But I still think it's there, and I think that it's going to continue to get better as Levis gets more experience. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm impressed. I thought, you know, Carolina's defense. The one thing that they have going for them is they have a pretty good defensive line, and I thought the offensive line held up fairly well. Obviously, Raiden's had a had a few issues, but I mean, for the most part, you know. Uh, not only did the line hold up well, but I thought Levis maneuvered the pocket well, and 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 you know and took what the defense gave him. So, look, I, I think obviously it's the one in ten Panthers. It is what it is. It's you know you you, you got to take that as it is. But you know being undefeated in Nashville is still a thing. Is what it is. Well, they'll put it to the test again mm-hmm. Sunday against the Colts. It'll be interesting to see. <laughs> you know, what they learned from that first meeting and if there's anything they can apply uh, in this uh, rematch on Sunday at Nissan Stadium. Uh, You talked about the offensive line. To me, what bears watching 
on this offensive line for the remainder of the year because you know that you're probably going to have to draft at least two or three guys if you know or and maybe probably pick up four to five new guys in the offseason between starters and backups. I think Daniel Brunskill is probably a guy you might want to hang on to. Skoronsky for sure is a guy that you want to build around. And then if Duncan can show you enough over these next six ball games where you don't have to spend your first round pick on a left tackle, that is a huge, huge bonus for this team as they try to rebuild. It's going to be interesting to watch that combination of rookies on the left side of Duncan and Skaronsky at tackling guard and see how well they not only develop individually, but how well they start to play off of each other. That's what I'm like. That's what I'm looking forward to as well. Cause I would love, I would love for those two guys to be the answer on the left side, because if that's the case, then it, it solves, like you have said all year long, it solves a ton of problems. It really does. <laughs> and, so, and, and this could team, this team could, use multiple problems being solved before the end of this season. Yeah, and this one being the biggest one on top of everything else, it it completely changes your draft prospect. It completely changes the way that you have to draft. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go offensive line in the first round if you don't want to, and there's just so many things that you can do. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. And uh, Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. All right, gladly. Our partner Zen Sports is excited to launch their new introductory promotion available to all new customers in Tennessee, the No Danger First Wager. When you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 No Danger First Wager. When you place your first bet on Zen Sports, you will be reimbursed for the amount of your bet if it loses up to $1,000. Plus, Zen Sports has launched a new VIP program for the premier bettors of Tennessee. If you think you might qualify, listen up. Zen Sports is hosting a VIP tailgate and game experience this Sunday, December 3rd, from 9 a.m. to noon for the Titans and Colts game. That means food catered by a renowned chef, unlimited booze, and a private room for bet placing and mingling with fellow VIPs. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with a 24-7 top-tier customer support and bigger and better action than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. It's time for Christmas for Kids, November 20th at the Ryman Auditorium. This year's lineup includes Shenandoah, Phil Vassar, Chapel Hart, Michaela Lane, and Hunter Girl for over 40 years. Christmas for Kids has given the joy of Christmas to thousands of Middle Tennessee children. Christmas for Kids would like to thank their great sponsors. Tickets are on sale now. Visit Ryman.com to get your tickets. 
We will see you November 20th at the Ryman. Welcome to the 2023 Magical Holiday Home Tour, coming for one day only. Immerse yourself in the spirit of the season as you explore stunning displays, twinkling lights, and charming decorations. The general admission tour of area luxury homes including historic Rosemont and a special tinsel tour of the original Fairview Plantation Mansion. Come and experience the warmth of the holidays by touring spectacular luxury homes. It's an event you won't want to miss. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao, Mo Patton, and it is, of course, time for the Monstars of the Weekend. Mo, go ahead. My first Monstar. Page junior linebacker, Eric Hazard. Seven tackles, three for loss with a couple of sacks, one of which set up a desperation field goal attempt by Southwind to tie the game, which was short. So without that sack, might have been good. And who knows? Mm-hmm. So Page, with a 10-7 win over the Jaguars of Southwind, headed back to the Blue Cross Bowl in the Class 5A state championship game for the third straight year. And Eric Hazard is a Mr. Football finalist. And so good luck to him. Speaking of those, mm -hmm. my first Monstar is running back from East Robertson, carrying his team all the way to Chattanooga with 224 yards on 30 carries and three touchdowns. Isaiah Groves of the Indians just absolutely making sure that his team was not going to be denied their first trip to the state title game. Well done. You know, Chase Brooks kind of held out on us a little bit Thursday when we had him on Coach's Corner because for all the kids that he talked about, didn't mention his quarterback, uh, who's also his son. That, 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 that's, you know. Cade Brooks. I think he threw for a touchdown Friday night, among other things. And um, in David Wilson's article on the East Robertson York Institute game, Coach Dad talked about how proud he was of the way son quarterback played in a you know hostile environment in a on a big stage like that state semifinals. So so yeah, that's good. Great job, Bayes Robertson. Proud of that that group. It's going to be a that's going to be a fun game. Man, it's going to be a lot of fun games this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Hope I, not looking forward to the weather because it's not going to be what we got two years ago down there. And I don't know where the, we're going to be working from. Yeah, the forecast is not look good. It, uh, especially by comparison. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Number no, two. Number two. Fourth and 31. Down by three. No problem. No problem. Just give the ball to Jalen. Let Jalen cook. <laughs> 16 of 24, 259 with a pair of touchdowns, including the game winner. 18 carries for 107 yards in Alabama's 27-24 win. Adam. Couple Alabama Jalens with big performances on their team's last drives. 
<laughs> yeah, it was almost almost a carbon copy. Huh? Yeah, Jalen Jalen Hurts with the walk off, uh, what twelve yard? I guess I don't know if it was a scramble or if it was designed, but it was a touchdown run. Well, he threw for one. Yeah, but not the walk off. No, okay. Walk off was a run. No, go ahead. But yeah, uh, dude, Jalen Milrow, I legitimately think that might have been the best pass of co- in the college football season. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially under the circumstances, but where he had to put it, where he had to, to put drop it, it in there right in front of the back line could not have been a better throw. And it was a bullet. Hey. Arm talent is not a, a concern. Nope. And, and no, at no point was Jalen Milrow's ability to hit the long ball ever a concern. Mm-hmm. It was everything else that. <laughs> limited him up until the second half of the Tennessee game when he figured out that, hey, I'm pretty good at this read option thing. Let's do let, it. Let me do that. And Auburn did everything but win the football game. Unfortunate for them. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the Big Ten. He didn't lose. Illinois they lost. lost. Casey Washington hauled in nine passes for 218 yards and three touchdowns, and Illinois lost to Northwestern. But nine for how many? Nine for 218 and three touchdowns. Mm. But the quarterback didn't lose either. No, not. no, he did not. What his fault? It was the defense who gave up 54 points in the loss to Northwestern. Illinois wide receiver Casey Washington, a monster. All right, Five. my third monster. I've got two to pick, but I'm going to go with the mayor, Kevin Byard. 13 tackles, nine nine solos in the Eagles' 37-34 win against Buffalo. I uh, little defensive oriented monster. Yeah, you 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 went you went defense. Good job. Uh, I'm going back to wide receivers, and this one is just because he's near and dear to my heart, and I. Felt like he deserved a little love. Was the top receiver in the game with 104 yards and a touchdown on seven catches. Nico Collins of the Houston Texans. It's an Alabama boy, right? It, out of Clay Chalkville High School. Covered him in high school as well. There you go. Uh, Nico and the... I'll tell you what, man. It's It's... It's always special when you get to look up and see those guys that you covered in high school I'm, I'm, on, on the biggest stage in their chosen field. I mean, watching um, Ty Chandler in Minnesota a couple of weeks ago was, I guess it was what, what last Sunday night? You can watch him tonight too if you want. I think I will. <laughs> if, if I had gone with my gut, Ty Chandler would be eight points from giving me a win. Instead, I picked, I played Tua, Tua over C.J. Stroud in 24-point differential in favor of C.J. Stroud yesterday on the whole fantasy team, and I'm down by 30. See, you, so. you, you, <laughs> you're one of those GMs that would be dusting off the old resume here. Yeah, it's rough, like, dude. Yeah. And it – it was so crazy because I played Ty Chandler and I thought I was taking out Bijan Robinson, not Brian Robinson of the Redskins, the, the Redskins, the Commanders. Oh, oh. Look at us. 
It just says B. Robinson, and they were back-to-back on the, on the, wider, on the running back list. So I, I, I hit Brian thinking I was taking out Bijan. Well, thank God I did because Bijan goes off. Brian only scores like eight points. But still, you're done. But that's what I well, that's what I was gonna do. I was about to take Dijon out. I just happened to hit the wrong dude. Like that's my luck. That is how my world goes. I got got to stop overthinking stuff, man. <laughs> Don't think you only hurt the team. Anyway, yeah. Let's continue here. <laughs> uh, let, let's go to Major League Baseball for just a moment because again, college football and, and football in general is 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 dominating this show. But before we get into college football rapid fire reactions and other things um former smyrna great and mm. vanderbilt standout sunny gray is not an atlanta brave and that's a problem it's a disappointing start to the week he is however a st louis cardinal and that's an infuriating start to the week because not only is he not a brave He's he now a, a mortal runner. enemy, mm-hmm. and I, I don't like that. No, I don't no. like seeing them, seeing him on the other side of that. It's a little bothersome. Three for seventy-five, and that's tough to figure out because I don't think those are prohibitive numbers for Atlanta. I don't think so either. So maybe he didn't want to play here. Either he didn't want to play here, or you know maybe he because again we're in the Bermuda Triangle. Well, it's already been to Cincinnati. You, yeah, you're in the Bermuda Triangle, and Cincinnati was in the running. By the way, they they were they were making another run at it. So. If Cincinnati, Atlanta, and the Cardinals were in the running and they all made similar offers and he chose Cincinnati and he chose St. Louis, that tells me that he might have been a Cardinals fan. I don't, I don't know why. Who does that? But he might have been. So I'm not a or or the Braves wouldn't go quite that high or for three years. Because thirty, he'd be thirty-seven years old in three years. It might have been the three years, not the twenty-five AAV. Right. Or the reason they wouldn't go that high is because they're they, on somebody else. They got else. something else. Well, they miss Nola. Miss Nola. Miss, miss Gray. Gray. And there's, to me, there's nothing out there that's an obvious fit like you feel like those two guys were. I just don't know. Hmm? I mean, you look at the list of guys who who are still available, you know, I I don't know who makes the most sense. I mean, Giolito's out there, but that doesn't make me, you know, just Mm -mm. super excited. Not at all. Not at all. Um, Maybe they're maybe they're going to extend Max Free. I mean, well, if if they are, then I wish they would go ahead and do it, and and so we can all take a deep breath. I mean, Jordan Montgomery's out there, Blake Snell's out there, Corbin Burns is out there. 
I don't think Montgomery's an option. I don't think we can afford Snell. Um, then you've got guys like Martin Perez, Mike Clevenger, Michael Lorenzen, Rich Hill. Rich Hill is what, 47 years old? At least. Uh, Noah Sindergaard. That's not going to happen. Dallas Keuchel. Those are the guys. That, that, those are all jokes. Oh, okay. They, these right. are jokes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, because, I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> that, that's I'm what like, it, he's still playing? That's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, these these must be the guys we're going after because, you know, I've. Or maybe. Maybe they're in on uh, Tashimoto or whatever his name is. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're in on Otani. Otani doesn't address your pitching this year. Doesn't need to. You got you, you've got three starters. You've got Max, you've got Charlie, and you've got uh, Strider at the top. And, of the and, and last week after they signed Ronaldo Lopez, they said he might he, he may figure into the starting rotation. So I'm okay. saying that you're you don't you're not going to have Charlie after this year. You don't expect to have Max Freed, but if you have Otani, he steps he, into he that rotation. He certainly slots in at the middle of the rotation. And then you go find – it's easier to find a two than a one. <laughs> don't you know the Major League Baseball community would blow up if Atlanta signs Otani? Absolutely. And I'd be here for it I'm, because I'm, I am, in fact, Captain Kevin. Most definitely here for it. I just, yeah, that would be fun. I'd love to see it. Give me all of that. Give me all of that. So, I mean, maybe that's what the, because here's the thing. We don't know. We know nothing because Alex Anthopoulos is so good mm. at keeping everything hush hush. And anybody that says and, they know anything is lying. And here's the thing is, T near the top of the list of Otani's requests was go somewhere where you can win. Well, keep it hush hush. And there were two reports over the weekend that Otani was close to signing. And so hmm. I'm just saying if that got out, I, I would be surprised. <laughs> just wow. unfortunate. Yeah, because yeah. I really wanted to see Sonny Gray. I would like to have seen that, but um, no. Like you said, it's unfortunate. It is. Let's talk college football. Mm -hmm. We'll take a break. When we come back, CFB on the other side. Stick around on Main Street Sports. Presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. The Monday Mirror continues after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. And more. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today is presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton. It is rapid fire reaction time here as we continue on this Monday mirror. And we will get into it in just a second. I, I sent you a link or put a mm-hmm. link in that, that noted all of the this Barrett Salee piece. It's a the co- is the coaching carousel who's mm-hmm. in who's out and, and also extensions or retentions not just extensions uh, <laughs> Sam Pittman retained Dave Aranda retained David uh, Brown apparently retained well I guess technically that's a that's a hiring hmm. yeah I guess because he was in technically I don't I mean but CBS Sports is grading Jeff Levy to Mississippi State a C that's absurd. You know what is did, did. Levy has been successful as an offensive coordinator at Ole Miss, UCF, and Oklahoma. However, finding success in the new look SEC that includes Texas and Oklahoma will be almost impossible for a first-year coach at a program that is constantly fighting an uphill battle like Mississippi State. Great C. And so based again, on that rationale, I don't necessarily disagree. But read could Mississippi sentence. could Mississippi State get an established coach? Read the last sentence again. <clears throat> Impossible for a first year coach at a program that is constantly fighting an uphill battle like Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. 
getting Jeff Levy is an absolute home run for them. It's a great offense coordinator. There's Dan Mullen would have been the only better hire. Okay, so maybe it's more reflective of the program than the hire. Well, that's a, that's not what they're supposed to be grading. Me. They're supposed to it's be grading. Poor grade because that's that's not what you're grading. For Mississippi State, Jeff Levy's a great hire. We said they had to go offense. They went and got probably one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. Do you not think they could have gotten an established head coach? And so, I'm, so, do, do you, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, what they were considering. I just have a – the SEC is a tough place to be on training wheels, man. It's a tough place to be on training wheels, but it's also a really tough sale when you're Mississippi State. <laughs> to somebody who's writing who's an own. established <laughs> who's an established head coach. At Mississippi State. I mean, there are a couple of a couple of guys at the G five level. Jerry Kill. That's a different that's a different set of issues right there, probably. Because He's an older guy, and he's got health issues. Yeah, you, you just went through that. Inadvertently, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. he, he didn't have health issues when they hired him. But he, he, Jeff Trailer. But Trailer's holding out. I think Trailer's going to. I think Trailer's going to Houston. Why? It's the Big Twelve. It is the Big Twelve, and, and, and but it's, it's, it's Oklahoma, Texas, less Big Twelve. I'm just, I feel like he's bigger than Houston. Could be. But why not go but, win the Big 12 a bunch of times? And then make a bunch of money. Yeah. And to your point, if you go anywhere else in Texas other than Houston, you're in the SEC. I mean, Texas and Texas a and because if you're from East Texas, are you going to Texas State? No. I'm going to Baylor. They don't have they have a coach. Well, for now. <laughs> for at least another year. <laughs> yeah, so. But yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot that goes into that. I think you have to you have to look at and you have to look at this with an eye with one eye on Billy Napier. If this dude can't make a bowl at Florida in this SEC, what's it going to be like in the new SEC? He's at Florida in the second highest level of talent in the country. And going five and seven. And going five and seven. Why would I go to Mississippi State in a new iteration? Yeah, with Texas and Oklahoma coming. No, thank you. Divisions are not. Divisions are not. So I, again, I'm I, still going to play somebody. I think Jeff Levy. Jeff Levy may be the next Chad Morris. He might be. I don't think that's what Mississippi State's signing up for. But he could be. He absolutely could be. But 
he could also be the next Dan Mullen. And jump to Florida. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I mean, he, he could be. He could be either one of those guys. We don't know. Bobby Petrino is still available. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's go into some of the things that happened over the weekend. The Iron Bowl. We already talked about it a little bit. You mentioned it, but, you know, 2021, Auburn should have won the game. Bryce Young drives them 90-something yards for a touchdown, wins the game. Did that break the Jordan hair curse? Quite possibly. I mean, if you're Auburn fans, you really kind of feel like Charlie Brown right now. Yeah. I mean, one, okay. Did Alabama get almost screwed by officiating? You know, I didn't get to see enough of the game to know what you're referring to. Well, let's talk about on the final drive. Mm -hmm. Did you see the snap that went past Milro to the 26? Mm -mm. Second and goal at the at the seven. Seven. Mm -hmm. Center snaps it, goes all the way to the 26 where Milro falls on it. Mm -hmm. Go back and watch that. The safety. Claps. And he snapped it. He snapped it. Ooh. Very next play, obviously, Milro goes past the line, throws an incomplete pass, five five yard penalty, loss of down, fourth and thirty one. And then of course he was just setting it up. Now setting it up. Fair for the dramatic. I know you've seen, <laughs> I know you have to have seen the offsides call. No, you've not seen this. Mm -hmm. It's it's all again. I, I guess I follow a bunch of people from Alabama, <laughs> but <laughs> Auburn has a tight end and a wing back on the left of the of the formation. They send a guy in motion across the quarterback's face. Quarterback claps. Tight end and wing back shift. Soon as he claps, they shift. He jumps. De defense jumps. They snap it. Three guys in motion. Three guys are in motion at the time of the snap. They let the play play out. Incomplete pass down the sideline. Offsides on Alabama. Five-yard penalty. Not too many men in motion. Not offsides Not and illegal shift. Well, it is, is, is what it, it should have been. Can you call both? Yes. I mean, I well, I mean, they're both pre-snap penalties. So they would have offset and replayed it now. Man. Correct. So I'm just saying mm. that maybe Alabama was was on the, the the now again they did almost decapitate a dude with a with a face mask <laughs> penalty that wasn't called that actually ended up as a penalty on Auburn. It was an illegal block on the on the play that Auburn had to deal with. So I mean, officiating the SEC is bad. Officiating everywhere is bad. From the yes, it is from top to bottom. It's just bad. So that being said, Alabama overcomes it, keeps chaos in play. <laughs> Have you seen this Pet 40 article? No. Sports Illustrated? I don't, I don't read 40 very often. Well, you may want to read him this time. If it's about, uh, if it's about chaos, 
on next Sunday, mm -hmm. I'm in. It's, it's uh, absolutely about chaos on next Sunday. Hang on. Well, I'm here for it. So, anyway. Um, here. Come on. I've got it here. Uh, College football playoff scenarios. And they're all headaches. Every one of them. I mean, he's got six different scenarios, and they are in varying degrees of oh my god. <laughs> I think the one that I the one that that makes me the most that that may be the most hilarious is everybody loses. Everybody loses. <laughs> that's the one that I'm just like, wait a minute. That's that's never... way more fun than everybody winning. Uh, all four undefeated teams lose Georgia to Alabama, Michigan to Iowa. Work with the dash here. That one's the least likely. Yeah. Very Washington very to Oregon, Florida State to Louisville. Throw in a Texas loss to Oklahoma State. Who gets in? The good thing is, and this is what I this is what I quote tweeted uh, Barrett Sully, who had the same scenario. There's no wrong answer in that situation. <laughs> Tell that to the team to get left out. Well, but but I mean, you, but but everybody is like, well, you lost. You know, there's not really a wrong answer per se, but everybody <laughs> winning, there's definitely going to be a wrong answer. A hey, we did everything we could do. We did we did all, all of this. Wait, wait wait a minute, we just beat the number one team in the country and we're the SEC champion winners of the last four national titles, and you're we're out. <laughs> or if you're Texas. We, we beat, beat the team that beat number one on the road by double digits, and we're out. I don't know that Alabama can get in without Texas getting in, whether they beat Georgia the thing. or not. That's the thing. That's the simple answer. Because, I mean, got to. again, at some point, head-to-head -head has to mean something. Has to. Or else, why are we playing them? Exactly. And wow. so... You know, why are we going to Tuscaloosa, running the risk of losing? Well, this, if we're not going to get okay. rewarded for a win, here's the thing: going forward, it doesn't matter. Right. This is the last year that. Oh. <laughs> there is that. But but still, I mean, you're, there's going to be opportunities because here's there's going to be group of fives in particular that are going to have to weigh that risk reward thing. And I mean, they kind of have to play at least somebody from the Power Five. But when they go and they do pull off that win and they still get left out because somebody else went undefeated. It's, yeah, I sure. I mean, it's not going to clear it up. No. But, yeah, I, I think that there's no wrong answer. If everybody loses. If everybody loses, including Ohio State getting it. Mm. I don't know about that one. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Georgia, their resume is not great. Ole Miss lost to the only two good teams that played. Missouri's pretty good. They're not great. Certainly, certainly the, the Kansas State win doesn't help them as much as it did last week. Right after they lost to Iowa State, so mm -hmm. I mean, there's just a lot of things that you know you go. Eh, they won the last two national titles though, and they lost close to Alabama. Maybe, maybe it's a close game. Do you put them both in? 
You can't because if Washington loses to Oregon, Oregon's got to get in. But you can't put it in Texas because they got two losses and they're not a conference champion. So that clears up your Alabama issue. Alabama can get in without Texas if Texas loses. Because Texas have two losses. No. That's the way they get in without Texas getting in. But that's it. The committee has to hope one of those two lose. One of those two have to lose. And if they do, it clears up a lot. It clears up almost everything. Unless Florida State loses. Which I think is a possibility. Yeah. I don't think it's a probability. Yeah, I mean, Louisville loses, losing to Kentucky gives you a little said, bit more confidence <laughs> in Florida State. It does. Yeah. And look, I don't – after watching that game in the second half, I mean, it, it took Tate Rodemaker a little bit of time to get used to the swamp. Understandable. Mm-hmm. First start since 2020, and it's in the swamp. Yeah. Well, Welcome back. It's going to take a little time to acclimate. He played really well, and they're, they've got a great running game. Oh, yeah. That Trey, Trey Benson? Dude's, dude's legit. He's legit. He's under. He's underrated. Uh, enough people aren't talking about him. That was the first Florida State game that I had watched in almost its entirety since week zero. I've watched bits and pieces of Florida State all season because I've really, I really enjoy watching Jordan Travis and, like I said, Trey Benson. He's, that, he's a real deal. But I watched it almost in its entirety. Mm-hmm. They're a good football team. They're a football team. I, I don't. I think they would probably get beat by Georgia, but I think they could compete with Michigan. I think they could compete with Washington and Oregon. I, Oregon probably outscores them. Like, but just the, just the fact that we're discussing Florida State in that realm is a tribute to what Mike Norvell has been able gotta to give do. Him credit. You gotta give him credit. You absolutely have to give him credit. Mm-hmm. It's been incredible what he's done. And so I, I just feel like this is an interesting, this is going to be the most exciting week of college football. And this will be the last time that conference championship games matter to this degree. Right. They'll obviously matter going forward because you'll have four power four conferences and four buys, which will be usually. So you'll be auto. playing for those. You're yeah. Basically playing for a buy at that point. But then again, as I've said so many times, teams six, seven, and eight just got that buy. That's their buy. There's just a week earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is it really that big of a deal? <laughs> you know, so it's it it is a it is a an exciting week, and again we're way off target. But uh, Florida State and Clemson did survive against bad SEC teams. Clemson sixteen seven winners over uh, South Carolina, a weird game, but a win nonetheless for Dabo Sweeney. And uh, Georgia throws an interception in the fourth quarter. Georgia Tech goes down and scores, giving themselves an opportunity, man. Got to be impressed with what Brent Key has done. Well, one of the biggest things that Brent Key has done is he is he has, or someone has introduced him and the offensive coaching staff to Dante Smith. 
They had a great, he had a great year. Proud of that kid and his resiliency to stick around at Georgia mm -hmm. Tech through a lot. He was committed to to being there, obviously. He was. He certainly had his opportunities to do something else. And you know that that coaching staff, Brent, led by Brent Key, is. I really feel like they're going to make they're going to make Georgia Tech relevant again sooner than later. I'm not sure they haven't already. Absolutely. I mean, they're bowl, they're bowl eligible, right? They are. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we go west and north. The game. We'll talk about it on the other side. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. All right, welcome back in. It is Rapid Fire Reaction here on Main Street Sports State, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Final segment, let's talk about the game, because I don't know if you saw the beginning of that or heard the beginning. Mm -hmm. Gus Johnson claiming it is the greatest rivalry in sports. Mm. In sports. In sports. Not in college football. Where it's still not, but mm -mm, exactly. it's, still, it's at least debatable at that point. Well, Gus is an acquired case. I love, he's my a favorite. lot of people have not acquired him. He's my but, number one play-by-play -play guy, but you can't but, say that. 
But I mean, he he's given to overstatement. He is given. Someone said, "I don't like his play-by-play." He said, "Every because every every play feels like it's the biggest play of the game." But he's I, nothing if not entertaining. I think though, I think that's kind of that's just what it. he's supposed to do, or uh, what he feels like he's supposed to yeah. do. I mean. Well, he wants you to be on the edge of your seat for every play. For every play. And I don't, I don't necessarily have an I, I, issue. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, he's, he's entertaining. Mm-hmm. There, there are some guys out there who are, or some, some play-by-play folks who, who just tell you what happened, and right. that's it. And, and rely you know, on you to There are Nestlers out there, mm-hmm. and Nestlers are, are okay. There's yes. nothing wrong with Brad Nestler. There's nothing wrong with Gus Johnson. Right, right. I mean. Until he says that Michigan, Ohio State's the greatest rivalry in sports. sports. Here's my here's my thing about that, and this is as far as I'm going to go. I smell with. a top five, by the way. So, uh, very simply, if your rivalry allows you to go in your separate directions at the end of the rivalry, and you don't have to live with those people, it cannot be the greatest rivalry in sports. If you, an Ohio State fan, can just go to Ohio State or go go to your your house in Ohio, and Michigan fans can go to their house in Michigan, and I don't have to see you all the time. Then it can't be the best rivalry. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Alabama, Auburn, these people live with each other. On a daily basis, they have to deal with somebody wearing that goofy hat with the A and the mullet on it every day. Every Auburn fan all week long will have to see that every day. Do you know what Ohio State fans don't have to deal with today? Seeing Ms. (laughs) Anywhere. So then what you're saying is Yankees Red Sox is not Not, a rivalry. I'm not saying saying it it can't be the best rivalry in sports. I think it's a great rivalry. I don't think it beats Duke, North Carolina. It just just doesn't. That's fair. That's fair. That because it's three sixty five. Well, not, the thing about it is, I think when some people talk about rivalries, they're only talking about the game and the players, and not necessarily considering the fan base. Because I think you're making an excellent point. In terms of that. there are two options here to to absolutely I agree with that mm-hmm. so and yes I think I think the game ha- plays a an important role in college football I think nationally people realize it as a big game as a big rivalry mm-hmm. no matter whether the teams are good or bad yeah. and I agree with that but I think that's the same for you know for the Iron Bowl and then it's the same for Florida Florida State USC UCLA USC UCLA. I mean, there's to, to the degree that any of those people get they don't care. fired up about it. Yeah, yeah. So, but but I think that's <laughs> that's the thing is to me, there's a you have to have a level of hatred for the other guy, and it's a lot easier to hate somebody from another state because <laughs> you don't have to see him. Because you don't have to see him. And so, in my opinion, in-state rivalries are always going to be put a little bit higher on a pedestal than 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 two border than border rivalries. Mm-hmm. That school up north. That, that being that said, up north, I'm sorry. Impressive job by Michigan. And at this point, I think we gotta let it go. Let it go. Harbaugh's suspension is done now, right? Done. So he can coach in whatever postseason activity they have. Um tell me this. The interim guy, 
I don't. What has he done for himself? You, you got to think that he has put himself in a position to potentially be a head coach somewhere. Now, I don't know where. I don't know what kind of job he would want. But you certainly got to think this guy just stepped in and now, won I mean, three ball games. Well, four. Did you see the coach at one of the four or mm-hmm. one of the three? Yeah, the last. The last okay. of the three or four early. 37 years old, University of Oklahoma graduate, Sharon is Moore. He, is he an offensive coordinator? Um, I believe so. Hang on a second. Well, Oklahoma needs one. <laughs> <laughs> when mama calls, you answer. I right? guess. Yes. Offensive line coach, offensive coordinator, acting head coach. Finalist for the World Award as of an hour ago. Yeah. So, well, it, and, can, and, he re- can he really be an assist, the assistant coach of the year when he won four <laughs> ball games as a head coach? Good question. <laughs> I mean, at what point are you no longer an assistant? Uh, when, <laughs> when you start paying me like a head coach. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, crap. If he don't win it, they need to stop giving it. Seriously. He just beat Ohio State. After, he won a top five ball game after beating Penn State and Maryland. What are we doing here? Two top ten wins. Mm-hmm. So um, don't give it if, they, if he's not the guy. Don't just give stop. It. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> uh, did you happen to see the Apple Cup? Mm-mm. Man, Bill go to win it. They, they go for it on fourth and three from their own twenty-five. Does Washington? They go with a reverse on fourth and three. On fourth and three, give it to the guy coming across, and he gets he gets not first down and much much more. Gets, mm-hmm. gets to the positive side of the fifty. They kick a field goal and win it. But man, Washington has, as I've said, they, they've not looked great in their wins, but they just keep winning. Well, you know, Georgia two <laughs> Sure, I mean that's been a lot. Of them as well. Same with Iowa, who had to kick a game winner. And mm. yeah. So we've got a lot more to continue talking about. We're going to have to do it tomorrow. Yeah. We do have Chip Walters. We'll talk more, of course, by MTSU then. But uh, yeah, we, we coaching carousel continues more college football, AP polls, college football playoffs tomorrow. So all of that will come back on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We'll see you then.